0: See in my
1: eyes what will all
2: Happy Halloween Day 31 of October. 31 days of creatures and villains from horror movies. A murky Chronicle bonus. I'm there for love. The Butcher I have nah,
3: gorgeous Kitty Roberts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to say that was a great find. You did good things. Two good things this October. What's that? That you recommended Hell Night to me. I still like that awesome. movie. And that I'm glad you liked it. And that video you sent to me, uh, whatever happened to Eddie Butch Patrick, the Munsters from the Pine oh. Cone Productions, and we played that on the top of the show. I kind of dug that.
3: That's, what, that's great, huh? So 80s. So yeah,
2: and we do have a special <laughs> treat for you listeners. So at the end of this bonus or at the, towards the end of our bonus, we're going to give it to you, and we're going to give it to you. That's awesome. So, the monsters.
3: today is the day.
2: Yeah, today's the day. It's a, I'm looking forward to see the Rob Zombie's version of the monsters and see how it turned Ooh. out. You know, in 19... 19- you know, I saw, I saw the picture of the cast. I wasn't very thrilled, man. I don't know. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, in 1965, the monsters was nominated for the... Golden Globe Award for the best television series, but lost to the rogues. In the 21st century, it received several TV Land nominations, including one for the most uninsurable driver, Herman Munster. The series originally aired on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. on CBS from September 24th, 1964, to May 12th, 1966, so they had a pretty decent run.
3: Yeah, not bad, not bad at all. And uh, I don't know, I don't know if you remember this, but you know, on the original old uh, Nick at Night, um, they used to have Car 54, Where Are You, and I had uh, Herman and Grandpa on there. They were on there together before. Oh. That was before the Munsters.
2: Oh, were they in character? <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh, no, Fred Gwynn and Al Lewis. No, they were they were policemen. Oh, but, uh, that was, the show was called Car, Car Fifty Four. Where are you?
2: That's right. I read that because they had such great chemistry together, and they brought it onto the set of the Monsters. Yeah, I read something about that. That's right.
3: Yep. yep. Yeah, I do. I remember that. So uh, that's pretty cool. You know, they had a little bit of history. But uh, did did you know that there was two Maryland?
2: Yes, I was just gonna bring that up. Uh, All right, well, I've, I've touched on it, Do you go with it. Okay, well, maybe you know why, but I, I did have a list of the, the main cast, um, like Fred Gwynn, Herman Munster. Uh, he was on 72 episodes from 1964 to 2004. Al Lewis' grandpa was from uh, – uh, had 72 episodes, 1964 – to, uh, gosh, uh, and I think he went on a little long, oh yeah, I think it was to 2004. Let me flip over my notes here. Yeah, oh no, to 2004 also, because they, you know, they had the later series. Yvonne Carlo, Lily Monster, 71 episodes from 1964 to 1966. Your boy, our boy, Patrick. Butch Patrick, Eddie Munster, seventy-one episodes from nineteen sixty-four to nineteen sixty-six. Now that's where it got interesting. Maybe you know something about it. There was two Maryland Munsters. The first yep. one, the first one, Pat Priest, uh, Maryland Munster, fifty-seven episodes, nineteen sixty-four to nineteen sixty-six, and then there was Beverly Owen, Maryland Munster, for fifteen episodes, nineteen sixty-four to two thousand four. Now i have to go back because I remember I thought Marilyn was kind of hot, but I didn't realize there was two of them. Is there a reason? Do you know why? Well, I know one of
3: them, and I thought it was Beverly Owen. I thought she was the first one, but maybe I'm wrong. But I read up that she was just uh love sick from her. From, she was from New York, and she wanted to leave the show and uh, go marry her longtime boyfriend. So... I thought she was the, uh, Beverly Owen, I thought she was the best looking one out of the two myself, but don't get me wrong, they were both good looking.
2: It's kind of, see, uh, the dates I have here kind of looks like a discrepancy because Priest was from 64 to 66, and it says Owen from 64 to 2004. So did they alternate or what, unless I just... uh, I think only one
3: of them did, like, 14 episodes. I think, I think it was oh, Beverly wow. only Okay. It's, it's... Okay. Yeah, I think she was only in the first season, I believe. But, uh, um, yeah, she was actually a brunette. She wore a wig on the show.
2: Oh. Well.
3: So, if you look up any pictures of her, yeah, she's got long brown hair.
2: Okay, yeah, because I think they were all in black and white except one, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the movies, the movies were. Well, I think I could be wrong because I thought, I, I thought they were saying that the pilot was in color and then they went to black and white to save money for the series. Right. I don't know. So did you ever see any of the movies?
3: I did. I like Monster Go Home was my favorite uh, where they went over to Trans- Transylvania, I believe it was, and. And a drag race in a car, and or they were getting some they were, they were getting an inheritance, and the rest of the family wanted them to go home. Oh. I don't know if you recall that. I, I believe yeah. it's on Tubi TV. I think it's on for okay. free if you if you stream anything, free stream your TV Tubi the free app where you, they've got a lot of movies on there.
2: Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Um. I have a list of the movies. We got Monsters Go Home, 1966. The Mini Monsters, 1973. The Monsters Revenge, 1981. Here Come the Monsters, 1995. The Monsters Scary Little Christmas, 1996. And you know the Waynes Brothers? <clears throat> Apparently, um, the Waynes film. Um, in August 2004, the brothers Keenan Ivory Wayne, Sean Wayne, and Marlon Waynes negotiated a deal with Universal Pictures to produce a, con- uh, a film uh, adaption of The Munsters. Um, in September 2006, Sean Wayne revealed that The Munsters would be produced and um, uh, written by the brothers... And then it was slated for 2007. Um, But pretty much it went on and, you know, they wanted to make it uh, uh, it, uh, Uh PG-13 to to move away from the R-rated comedies to attract, you know, minors. And in November 8th, Sean Waynes announced that the movie was almost ready to be shot. And upon completion of the flick, which was produced at the time, the movie yet to materialize. And the belief was that Brian Fuller developed a television adaption, Mocky Burn Lane, that, you know, pretty much stopped or just, you know, scuttled the production. So I guess there's a movie sitting out there that hasn't been released by the Waynes Brothers. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool,
0: cool. Well, you yeah, I
3: can't. I hope uh, Rob Zombie does a good job with with the uh, with the new movie. Um, again, I wasn't a big fan of the looks like their the the look of their cast, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be awesome.
2: Well, I'm interesting so. what twists um, they're going to put on it because Portia Shalin you know, had a conversation with her, you know, the f- horror film actress, and I was wondering who. Uh, and she has ties to, you know, Rob Zombie's crew, and I was wondering, you know, who's going to play Lily, and come to find out, it, it was Rob Zombie's uh, wife playing her, and 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 what's her character? She plays in the other films. Um, I'm having a brain fart right now. Was it Bunny? That sounds familiar. Hmm. She has a a, a a distinct, you know, role she plays in the film. But hopefully it's going to be totally different than what she usually plays. So I'm going to be optimi- optimistic because I like Rob Zombie movies. And hopefully, you know, he does it right. So I'm ho- having faith in him.
3: Yeah, and I hope it's got some good music too.
2: Oh, you know it. You know it. Yeah, Yeah. Well, that's about all I got, brother. That's all I got, too. I, do you remember the address? 1313 oh, the Mockingbird one? Lane. I'll never forget that. Oh, yeah. And I used to love Spot. Oh, who, did, who didn't want to own a, own a
3: uh, dragon under the staircase? But did, when, kid, didn't, didn't, did.
2: didn't Spot come out, like, sometimes and he was a black cat? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Uh... Why am I wrong?
3: Let's get it into something. I, had, I don't. I remember a Black Cat, but uh,
2: I thought maybe I thought that was Spot, but maybe not. But I remember. Remember the the staircase would come up, open up, and then you see the fire. Yep. Yeah, that was a great. That was the greatest. But that's all I got. What do you got, brother? So that's all I got as well,
3: man. I, you know, uh, monsters are awesome, man. I think they're screaming just about anywhere. So you can watch those series, and you know. Recaptures that was some cool times, man. That's a good good series. Yeah. That was that was my favorite over the Adams family. I, I Yeah.
2: I, yes, yes. I, yeah. Adams family came out and I, I oh yeah, the Munsters was my top. Yeah. They're 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 the best. But
3: well and we could touch on uh Lily Munster real quick, man. Okay. If you ever Google any pictures of her without her makeup, she was definitely a pinup girl back in the day. She was a good looking lady.
2: Wow. Oh yes. I recently I saw those. She was a model. Didn't she like do the Munsters because she needed money for a sick husband or something like that?
3: You know, I didn't, I didn't dig that far into it, but uh, I thought she was from Canada and uh, you know, you know, from the great white North man, Those good, good looking ladies up there. Yeah.
2: Awesome bro. Well, all right. That's it for me. All right. Well, same here. So you're going to stop by the lyrical spit party, right? absolutely all right brother well shoot A happy Halloween man yes yes sir happy Halloween and come by for your treat I have to get all ghost right. for my lyrical spit Halloween special um over an hour of fun and guests um yep so I'll be waiting for your brother and uh anyways well I guess we'll give them your I guess we'll give them their treat huh yep do all it right. all right Here's a treat from gorgeous Kenny Roberts and myself to you all. Happy Halloween. This is an album that came out in 1964 by Golden Records. This is At Home with the Munsters, a night with TV's most unusual family. Enjoy this, Jim. EverythingLyricalSpit.com. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. <laughs>
4: There's no one in view But you hear mysterious feet at night Then the monsters are following you If you should meet this strange family Just forget what some people have said The monsters may shake your hand clamily But they're not necessarily dead Behind their house you mustn't be Perhaps someone didn't quite make the grade with the monsters, with the monsters. If when you're sleeping you dream a lot, ghoulish nightmares parade through your head. And then you wake up and scream a lot, oh, the monsters are under your bed. At midnight a creature should prowl about, and if vampires and vultures swoop down,
5: Hi there. How do you do? I'm your new neighbor, Herman Munster. So very nice of you to call. (coughs) Down, Spot. Down. Uh, Spot. (coughs) Down, boy. (laughs) Scott. Spotty gets so excited when we have company. Won't you come in? Ah, fine. Why are you staring at me like that? I mean, haven't you ever seen a person with green skin before? Or did I bolt my head on Crooked this morning? Oh. Oh, I bet you're always nervous when you meet new people. (laughs) Well, that's very understandable. But you know shyness can be carried too far. Now, you take our mailman. When I think of how shy he is, I positively shudder. (laughs) Instead of coming to our front door with the mail, he just throws it over the fence and runs. (laughs) So untidy. But I guess I shouldn't complain. You know, it takes all kinds of people to make a world. Some folks like sweets and honey, and weather bright and sunny. Well, it takes all kinds of people to make a world. It's kooky and it's zany, not to like it when it's rainy. But it takes all kinds of people to make a world. I only go out walking when it's dark as pitch. The kind of night that's oh so right for man or witch. It's positively eerie when folks are bright and cheery. Well, it takes all kinds of people to make a world. It's positively eerie when folks are bright and cheery. Well, it takes all kinds of people, yes, very funny people. It takes all kinds of people to make a world. <laughs> <sighs> well, now, uh, let's not stand here. Why don't we both go in the living room? Hmm? Here we are. Now, take a chair. Oh, no, uh, not that one. That's an antique we bought at the prison surplus store. (laughs) Let me sit down and show you how it works. Now, my arms go here. And my legs here. There, now. I'm all strapped in. Now, to turn it on, you just pull that switch right there. Here we go, ready, <laughs> pull. Ooh, that feels good. Oh oh, 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 oh. oh, oh, it's amazing how ten thousand volts can relax a body.
6: Herman, where are you?
5: Oh, that's Mrs. Munster. Right here, dear. We have a visitor.
6: Oh, who is it, Herman?
5: Just a little friend of mine who happened to drop by.
6: (laughs) How nice. I'm always dying to meet new people, and everyone is always welcome at the Munsters. When you're passing by the Munsters, you will give us such a thrill If you'll just walk up and knock upon our door It's a lovely place to visit if you've got some time to kill And it's not like any house you've seen before Out in the back the wolves are howling Shrieking bats fly overhead And when we give a party We really give a party It's guaranteed enough to wake the dead Don't wait to be invited Step right up and give a knock Oh so lightly and politely on our door We'll be happy and delighted if we hear your gentle knock. Oh, so lightly and politely on our door. Oh, so lightly and politely on our door. Come in.
5: Oh, oh, uh, that was very nice of you, Lily, to make our friend feel at home. Now, why don't you introduce our guest to some of our pets?
6: Oh, i just love to. Uh, let's go over here and meet the raven who lives in our clock. Uh, lots of folks have a cuckoo clock, but we have the only raven clock in town. Raven, come out here and meet someone. Uh, I said come on out, Raven. When are you going to start doing what you're told? Nevermore! Nevermore!
5: Is getting fresher every day.
6: I know. If there's anything I can't stand, it's a smart Alec Raven.
5: Oh, uh, say, Lily, maybe our guest would like to meet our kitty cat.
6: Why, of course. Here he is lying on the sofa. Just listen to him purr. <laughs> if you rub his ears, he'll meow for you. Go ahead. Don't be afraid. There. Wasn't that cute? You're a nice little kitty, aren't you? Kitty likes visitors. Maybe the next time you come over, you can bring a friend.
5: And if you can't find a friend, we'll help you dig one up.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of digging, Herman, our guest hasn't met Grandpa yet.
5: Oh, well, we can go meet him right now.
6: Good. Oh, and while you and your visitor go down in the dungeon, I'll see if I can find some cookies or something in the kitchen. I just might have some warm ladyfingers in the oven. See you soon.
5: Well, so, if you're ready to meet Grandpa, let's open up this trap door and drop in. Hmm. Come on, follow me, right down these stone steps. Oh, uh, say, uh, be careful, they might be slippery. Grandpa always keeps it comfortably damp down here. <laughs> uh, Grandpa? Grandpa? Hmm, I don't see him. Oh. Oh, there's his pet bat, Igor. But I wonder where Grandpa is. Say, let's look over here. I see he left one of his experiments on the front Bunsen burner. Let's take the lid off this cauldron and see what's cooking. Hmm. Must be a new batch of vulture noodle soup. I wonder if.
1: You're looking for someone? Oh, oh,
5: oh. Grandpa. Grandpa. Now look what you made me do, I dropped that iron lid. You know how it frightens me when you appear out of nowhere like that. I'm so sorry, Herman. (laughs) Well, you might have scared me right out of my skin. And you know how hard it is for me to get back into it again. And you stop laughing, Igor, it is not funny.
1: Who's your friend, Herman? Oh, this? This is someone who dropped in to see us. How do you do? And welcome to Grandpa's little playroom. (laughs) You can usually find me hanging around down here. (coughs) Yes, Igor, yes, 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 I know. You and I hang around together. (laughs) But be quiet while I show our guest around. Now, you see, some people call this my den, or my cave, or my dungeon. But I call it my laboratory. (laughs) It's a hard word to spell, but it sounds so scientific. (laughs) Here's Grandpa's laboratory. Now come on and follow me. I'll show you mystic magic things from A right through to Z. Now A's for abracadabra, a magic word I know. Now B is for those friendly bats all hanging in a row. C is for my cauldron that's bubbling on the fire. And D's for dark and dismal, two words that I admire. E is for electric chair, my very favorite seat. And F's for Friday the 13th, a day that can't be beat. And G is for ghosts and goblins. Each night here they hold sway. And H, of course, means Halloween, Ooh, that happy holiday. Now I is for a human, like a, a, a demon or a ghoul. And J is for Jack the Ripper. I knew him all through school. Now K is for our kitty who prowls around at night. And L's for flashing lightning. Oh, what a pretty sight. <laughs> now, M stands for the monsters, a fun group, one and all. And N is for the nighttime, when creatures creep and crawl. O is for the wise old owl, who lives in our treetop. And P's for poison ivy. <laughs> We've grown a lovely crop. Now, Q is for slimy quicksand, I'm sure you would have guessed. And R is for the raven, who makes our clock his nest. S is for this skeleton, whose eyes stare into the space. And T is for Transylvania, my very favorite place. Now U is for the undertaker, a friend who let you down. And V, well, V's for vampire, there's just a few in town. Now W's for witchcraft, which I'm quite a pro, and X, X marks the spot, that's Eddie's pet, you know. Now Y is for our yard out back, which I really dig the most, and Z, it stands for his son, that's for his cousin to a ghost. Now that completes our dungeon tour, I'm glad you came along. Oh, we've covered the whole alphabet in Grandpa's little song. Oh, but Grandpa's rather sleepy from working in the lab. So, if you'll please excuse me. I think I'll hit the slab.
5: No. Well, well. Thank you, Grandpa. And now, if you're going to take a nap. I think I'll take our friend upstairs to meet Eddie. Okay, and any time you want to hear my alphabet poem again, just open
1: my trap door,
5: drop in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hmm.
5: Grandpa and his corny jokes. You want to know something? He didn't write that poem at all. He has a ghostwriter. Yeah, well, anyway. Uh, uh, Come on, we'll go upstairs to Eddie's room. Now we'll open the trap door. Now there, here we are in the living room. Oh, uh, just a minute. Got to close the trap door. (laughs) Darn, darn. I shouldn't have let it slam. Every time I do, it breaks the dishes in the house across the street. <laughs> well, come on, let's go up to Eddie's room, the back way. Through the dining room. Through this door. Now, past the kitchen. Oh, well, Mrs. Munster must be fixing oxtail soup for lunch. Mm. Well, now, here we go, up the stairs. Now, down this hall. And I open this door, and we go in here. What did you say? This isn't a regular door? It's a a door in a grandfather's clock? Well, of course it is. You see, it's kind of a secret way to get to Eddie's room, through the grandfather's clock. Take my hand and follow me. Oh, say, watch out for that swinging pendulum. We have to go through between ticks. It's very annoying if it hits you on the head. But, of course, I've been through here so many times that it never... Oh! 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 Oh, that's smarts. Oh! Well, oh, uh, come on, let's hurry through the secret panel in the back. Oh! oh. Well, here we are in Eddie's room. Eddie? Eddie? Uh, son, where are you?
4: Here I am, Pop. I'm doing my homework.
5: Oh, yes. Um, well, Eddie, come right down off that chandelier and meet this new friend of mine.
4: Okay, I'll be right down. Hi, I'm real glad to meet you, even if your ears don't come to a point.
5: Eddie, uh, that's very rude of you to comment on our visitor's ears. Now, you apologize this instant and say you're sorry.
4: Okay, I'm very sorry that you don't have pointed ears. That's better. I'm really sorry for anyone who doesn't have pointed ears and nice sharp fangs because I've had them all my life, and I have more fun than any kid I know.
7: I'd hate to look like every other child looks and have the kind of face most folks admire. With pointed ears and fangs I may get wild looks, but I really love the comments I inspire. Is that a werewolf, people ask with apprehension? Who's that little vampire? Some folks say a face like mine attracts so much attention. I just wish everyone was born this way. All my friends, their brothers and their sisters, should sprinkle water on their ears to make them grow. Cause with mine, when I install transistors. I can tune in programs like a radio Yes, my fangs and ears are really my best features With my hair combed like Count Dracula, you see And I really pity all you other creatures Who never will grow up Who never will grow up Who never will grow up up. look like me
5: well now uh, uh, thank you very much eddie i'm sure our friend appreciates the beautiful monster philosophy in that little song (laughs) and now eddie i think you'd better get back up in the chandelier and finish your homework
4: okay pop (coughs) goodbye
5: goodbye son And now, come with me. Uh, Oh, no, not that way. We are not going through the grandfather clock again. (laughs) My head still smarts. I'll just push open this secret panel here in the wall. Now, let's see now, which panel is it that opens? I always have to rap on the wall. When you hear the hollow sound, you know that is the secret panel. Here, here, this must be the one. Now, to open it, I just push with my hand and... (laughs) oops daisy wrong panel. Mm. Well, we might as well go through here anyway. It leads to the hall. Just take my hand follow me. Mm. They certainly don't build walls the way they used to. <laughs> well, here we are in the hall. We'll just go downstairs and... Uh... Oh, you hear that? Listen. Uh, uh, that's my niece Marilyn humming to herself in her room. The poor girl is so unattractive with her big blue eyes and blonde hair and her peaches and cream complexion <laughs> that she's ashamed to go out and be seen. And you know I don't blame her. Let's open a door and see what the unfortunate girl is saying to herself. be very quiet shh, shh, shh. When
0: will I find? As a girl can be, I want to cry. Cause the fact is I am not like the rest of the family. Aunt Lily's hair is long and black. It hangs like cobwebs down her back. Uncle space has poise and grace but the charms of the monsters are what I lack the boys I meet are sweet and gallant till they come to call then they see me next to my uncle and aunt and dive right over garden wall I long for love so hopefully but a wedding gown is not for me my name is mud and I'm just a dud cause I'm not like the rest of the family
5: Let's close the door. You know, it's really very sad about Marilyn, but I guess having a family as handsome and attractive as we munsters are would make any girl feel plain and unattractive. <laughs> well, I guess maybe I'd better get you home now. Your parents might be worried about you. So, here we go, right down the front stairs. It was certainly very nice of you to drop in. Oh, say, I want to warn you about these stairs. There's a loose step here, and if you don't know about it like I do, you're liable to. Oh, oh,
0: oh!
6: Herman, I was wondering if you. Oh, Herman, get up off the floor. Uh, so you're always such a show off when we have company.
5: Oh. <sighs> oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry, Lily. Uh, Well, our guest has seen the whole house and is ready to go home now.
6: (laughs) Oh, fine. I hope you enjoyed your visit to the Munsters, and please come again soon.
5: Very soon. Oh, oh, uh, let me open the door for you. Now, don't forget, any time you're passing by, we'd love to have you drop in. Just use this big door knocker like this. When you're passing by the monsters, you will give us such a thrill If you'll just walk up and knock upon our door
6: It's a lovely place to visit, if you've got some time to kill And it's not like any house you've seen before Out, in back, the wolves are howling
5: Shrieking bats fly overhead
6: And when we give a party
5: We really give a party It's guaranteed enough to wake the dead
6: (coughs) Don't wait to be invited Simply step right up and knock Oh, so lightly and politely on our door
5: We'll be happy and delighted If we hear your gentle knock Oh, Oh, so so lightly lightly
6: and politely on our door
5: Oh, so lightly and politely on our door. Hi there. This is Herman Munster. Now, I guess all of you have your favorite Munster story. But I thought you might like to hear mine. Well... It began one day when little Eddie came home from school very excited because all the other kids kept bragging about the camping trips their parents took them on. Well, Lily, Grandpa and I agreed that a camping trip would be fun and I thought it'd be a great idea for the Munsters to go out and meet nature face to face. (laughs) Our niece Marilyn had to stay home and study for exams, but the next morning Eddie and Grandpa and Lily and I loaded our car with tents and fishing poles and camping equipment and even some snowshoes and water skis. (laughs) Grandpa, of course, insisted on taking his electric chair along. It was really a nuisance, but Grandpa gets such a charge out of it. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we drove out of town and hit the highway for Shadow Pine Lake, a beautiful spot in the National Forest. When we stopped at the park entrance to get our camping permit, the two rangers there must not have been feeling very well because when we gave them the money for the permit, they looked positively green. But they let us through anyway, and we found a beautiful campsite at the edge of Shadow Pine Lake. While I was pitching the tent, Grandpa complained about me pounding the stakes. (laughs) Can you imagine? He said it gave him heartburn. (laughs) But I finally got the tent pitched, and sure enough, Lily complained that I had put it in the wrong spot. She wanted it in the shade of a nearby tree. So the only thing I could do was to move it. I tell you, those giant redwood trees are rather heavy. But I finally moved this one to a spot that suited Lily, and we settled down for a nice weekend of camping. (coughs) Eddie, of course, right away wanted to catch some fish, so I showed him how to cast the line from the shore. And you know, it was really great fishing, because in a minute I reeled in this beautiful cooked fish that looked as though it had just come out of the frying pan. And the next time I cast a line, I reeled in a very tasty barbecued chicken. (laughs) And I told Lily and Grandpa this was the greatest fishing spot I'd ever seen. Well, uh, that night, after Eddie had gone to bed and closed the lid on his sleeping bag, Grandpa, Lily, and I sat around the campfire telling stories. And while we were sitting there, we heard some wolves howling in the woods. And Grandpa got very homesick for the old country. In fact, when we went to bed, he insisted on staying up a little while longer to listen to the call of the wild. And you know something? Next morning, when we looked for Grandpa, he was missing, and his sleeping bag hadn't even been slept in. (laughs) As we were trying to figure out what to do, Eddie turned on his portable radio, and the news reports said that the forest rangers had captured a full-grown wolf during the night. Well, what made it so unusual was that the wolf was a rare species that only lived in the wilds of Transylvania. Well, you could see what had happened. Sure. Grandpa couldn't resist the call of the wild, and in the night he must have turned himself into a wolf to join his friends in the woods. Mm. The radio said the wolf was being held at the ranger headquarters. But when Lily went there, she had a great deal of trouble. She told the man that she'd come to claim the wolf, and he said, Do you mean it's your wolf? And Lily said... No, it's my father. Well, for some reason or other, the forest ranger thought this was rather strange. But he did agree to let Lily go out back and look at the wolf they'd captured during the night. When Lily saw Grandpa standing in that cage on all fours, she was really angry. And especially angry when she found out that the forest rangers would not let her take Grandpa home with her. They said this particular wolf was in the care of the park department and was being shipped to the New York Zoo the next day. (laughs) Now, when Lily came back to the camp and told me this story, I realized it was time for me to spring into action. So, that night, I sneaked back to park headquarters and found Grandpa's cage. There he was, sitting there and scratching the back of his neck with his hind leg, just as though nothing had happened. Well, I was so angry, I picked up Grandpa by the scruff of the neck and carried him back to camp. And you know what? It turned out that Grandpa had forgotten how to change himself back into a person. So, when we finally got home to Mockingbird Lane, I gave the wolf a drink from a mixture in Grandpa's lab. It was a uh, magic mixture. It was supposed to de-wolf him. Well, Grandpa lapped it up, but, you know, nothing happened. He kept right on being a wolf. While we were wondering what to do, a stray cat ran past the window and Grandpa chased it across the front yard. That's when the de-wolfing potion took effect. And all of a sudden, there was Grandpa, his old self, running across the lawn on all fours. (laughs) And you know something? He didn't remember a thing that happened, and when he asked what happened, Lily and Eddie and I decided we just didn't have the heart to tell him. (laughs) Oh, say, by the way, I hope if he ever asks you, you won't tell him either. You see, he might think it was so much fun, he'd want to do it all over again. (laughs) (laughs)
6: This is Lily Munster, and I think my favorite Munster story concerns the time Herman bought himself a two-way shortwave radio. Oh, he just loved it, and he got so excited trying to talk to other ham operators and ships at sea. Herman even had the nerve to sing on his radio. And another ham operator in Australia cut him off right in the middle of my mother's eyes. (laughs) Well, everything was fine until two boys in the neighborhood, Roger and Walt, got a two-way walkie-talkie and began to play a game, pretending they were flying saucer pilots talking to their home base on Mars. Now, when Herman tuned in on the conversation between these two boys, he believed every word they said. He thought they were real Martians. <laughs> Herman cut in, telling them that he was talking from planet Earth. Of course, the spacemen, Roger and Wolf, thought Herman was some other boy with a walkie-talkie joining in the game. They told Herman they had to return to Mars, but said they would contact planet Earth again tomorrow at the same time. Well, <laughs> Herman is such a trusting soul. He was sure he'd been talking to actual spacemen. I told him it couldn't be true. But he wouldn't listen to me. The next day, Herman got even more excited when the two spacemen told him that they had made an actual landing on the planet Earth with their flying saucer. Herman wanted to contact the Air Force immediately and report an unidentified flying object, but Grandpa said they'd have to have some real evidence first. Well, Grandpa got out his old radio direction finder from the laboratory, and he and Herman went out that night trying to track down the spacemen's ship that direction finder led them all over town. And finally, it led them to the vacant lot. There in the moonlight were Roger and Walt with their toy spaceship. But leave it to my Herman to mistake them for real Martians. When Herman and Grandpa spoke to the children, the two boys took off like a streak. Herman said to Grandpa, I guess they're not used to Earth people. Anyway, before they left, Grandpa and Herman took a photograph of the spaceship as proof for the Air Force. When the Air Force saw the picture, they said they would check into it and see if it was really a flying saucer. Well, you know Herman, the next day he couldn't wait to get on that ham radio again. But Roger had told his father what had happened the night before and about the big wise guy kid who was stringing them along on the walkie-talkie. So. When Herman got on the radio, Roger's father answered. And Herman said, Is this the head Martian? And Roger's father said it sure was. And if he ever met the Earth creature face to face, he would break his arm off and shove it down his throat. Of course, Herman was frightened. (laughs) You know what a big coward he is. And he told Roger's father on the radio, You don't even know who I am, and you'll never find me. So there. This made Roger's father very angry. And he told Herman he really was the head Martian. And just for that, he would have to blow up the earth. Herman quickly shut off the radio. And shaking like a leaf, he ran upstairs screaming, The world is coming to an end, and it's all my fault! And to show you how scared he was, do you know what that Herman did next? He jammed Marilyn and little Eddie and me into our hall closet to hide us all and to wait for the world to come to an end. Can you imagine anything so silly? (laughs) Well, luckily, Grandpa showed up with a report from the Air Force. After checking the photograph, they told him the flying saucer from Mars was just a toy that was sold in every department store in the country. And you should have been there to see the expression on Herman's face when he looked at the picture. And there, printed right on the spaceship, were the words, Made in Japan. (laughs) I tell you, After this, the only things I'm going to let Herman listen to on the radio are the weather reports. (music)
1: again, old Grandpa Munster, (laughs) back in his laboratory. Say, did you ever see your mother watching those cooking shows on television? I'm sure you have. Well, I thought it would be fun if I showed you what was cooking down here in my dungeon by making one of my favorite recipes for you. I'm going to show you how to make a batch of Grandpa's do-it-yourself magic potion. Now, first you need a plain, ordinary witch's cauldron like this. Now, I open my mystical magic cookbook containing all sorts of spells, potions, magic, and assorted feats of ledger domain. Ledger domain, that's a very expensive word that means magic. In fact, it's so expensive, I can hardly ever afford to use it. But for you, nothing is too good. So I'll say it again. Medjudemane. Uh, I mean, ledger, No, uh, to, No, no, no. no. <laughs> you know, I've got news for you. It's not only expensive, it's impossible to pronounce. I just can't say ledgerdemane at all. Well, to begin the recipe for Grandpa's do-it-yourself magic potion, first we need the ingredients. Do you know what ingredients are? Ingredients are the stuff that when you don't have any, you can't use to make anything out of. Or something like that. So, now that my witch's cauldron is all ready, let's put in the first ingredient. One spoonful of well-seasoned, powdered nightingale's tongues. Here they are in this bottle. Let me take the cork out. Listen to that. These nightingale's tongues aren't well-seasoned at all. They're still chirping. I'd better put them back to age a few hundred years longer. Instead of nightingale's tongues, I'll pour in some magic Transylvanian swamp water. About a gallon's worth. Say, that's fresh from the swamp, all right. If you drank that stuff, you'd really have a frog in your throat. <laughs> now, half a pint of roast beef gravy. Well, I mean, if we're going to make a magic potion, there's no law against making it taste good. You know, I had to go out in the woods and catch four full-grown wild roast beefs to get that little bit of gravy. Well, now, let's see the next ingredient. It says here, one pinch of powdered toadstools, picked at midnight, under a full moon, in a graveyard that's haunted by ghosts that are members in good standing of the graveyard haunting Ghosts Union, local number 702. Well, I just happen to have a whole jar full of that. There. Now, one pinch of salt and one pinch of wolfbane.
0: Ooh, wow!
1: <laughs> Oops. Sorry. I guess I pinched a wolfbane too hard. Now, let's see what else the recipe calls for in this magic potion. Oh, yes. A sprinkling of stardust. A shaker full of happy dust. Oh, that dust is not just happy. It's hilarious. (laughs) Now, some powdered unicorn horn. You know, it's very hard to get unicorn horn. Oh, it's easy to get candy corn or a rosebush thorn, but it's very hard to get unicorn corn. Now, uh, let's see. Oh, yes, a pillow full of chicken feathers. The reverse gear out of an Essex. I'll drop that in. Three drops of a woman's tears. And the final ingredient a gallon of water from Niagara Falls. That's everything. And I have it all mixed together in the witch's cauldron. You won't believe this, but some people tell me it's dangerous to fool around with magic potions and mixtures. And they say if you mix up the wrong chemicals, you'll get an explosion. Well, just to show you that nothing like this could ever happen to old Grandpa Munster, I'm going to light a fire under this cauldron like this. There we are. And now I'm going to stir it all up with this paddle. ...to prove that this mixture is the safest thing that anyone could... Well, so much for Grandpa's do-it-yourself magic potion. Would you excuse me while I look in the yellow pages... ...for someone to scrape me off the wall... Uh double double
0: double double level.